Hey everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today I want to do a stock analysis on Intel, ticker symbol INTC. In today's stock analysis, I'm going to share my price target, the DCF model for Intel, and lastly give my final thoughts on Intel as an investment. And if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please consider subscribing. I do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis. Thank you so much for watching. Now to the content. All right, jumping to the price target for Intel. I currently have them at $50 in the next 12 months, indicating about a 7% upside. Now, this is a downgrade from where I had them about five months ago when I said that they were about $60 a share in the next 12 months. Um, with the last couple earnings calls, Q3 and Q4, they did guide lower free cash flow as well as higher CapEx guidance, um, which contributes to that lower free cash flow in the future. And with those considerations, seeing negative growth in 2022 and seeing that growth start to re-accelerate back in 2023 all the way through 2026, that's where we get our um, DCF value of around $49.14 today and an EBITDA multiple around $58.44. Now on the risk side, there's two things really here is the increase in CapEx and an increase in competition. So on the CapEx side, they're really trying to reinvest to order to ward off some of the competition. So they're looking at foundries, looking at investing heavily in R&D so they can try to get ahead of their competition, which is right now seems to be ahead of them, at least from an innovation perspective. Now, from an R&D perspective, there are some challenges and several delays that have happened in regard to their chips. And so we're going to want to see that start to get under control now that they have a new CEO who's been in there, I think about six or seven months now. And hopefully we can start to see some changes there. All right, jumping to my DCF model for Intel. The first thing I want to go through are the assumptions. But before that, I just want to draw your attention to where the DCF model and EBITDA calculations come at. So we have that $49 and $58 for reference. Now the growth rate, I have them at growing at negative 3%. This is what they've guided to and uh, for 2022 and beyond. They have guided and we'll go ahead and read it right here. Long-term Intel expects to grow year over year growth moving to the mid to high single digits in 2023 and 2024 with year over, grow year, over year growth ramping to 10 to 12% by 2026. Now this is probably a little optimistic on the businesses side. So instead of in those first couple years, 2023 and 2024, saying higher single digits, I went ahead and put them right in the middle at 5% for 2025 and 2026. They were guiding, um, sorry, for 2026, they were guiding between 10 and 12. So I put them on the lower side of that and I gave them a little bit of middle between five and 10 for 2025. So they'll be growing at negative three, 5%, 5%, 8%, and 10% through 2026 in this model. Now, from a free cash flow perspective, you can see that again in 2022, free cash flow will be negative. They have guided towards this. They say that their adjusted free cash flow is expected to be negative one to $2 billion as the company ramps up acceleration in their growth. They're investing, uh, they're increasing their CapEx by 7 billion from 2021, from 20 billion to 27 billion. And with that, they're also guiding towards decreased revenue, as we mentioned earlier. So with all that being said, I'm putting their free cash flow in at negative 1.5, right in the middle of their guidance. And let's go over some of the, continue with the assumptions. Now on the discount rate, I have them uh, being discounted back at 10% and I have their long-term growth rate at 3%, which is, um, pretty consistent with where they've been growing in the past. So we'll also look at that as well. On the EBITDA multiple, I have them at 10. On the shares outstanding, we have those uh, 4.09 billion shares outstanding. 
and net debt is at $9.6 billion. Um, total liabilities at $38 billion, um, and cash and cash equivalents at four, sorry, and um, assets basically is at 28.4. Um, now, moving on into our EBITDA ratios and free cash flow ratios, which pay, play a pivotal role in our free cash flow model, um, DCF model, as well as our EBITDA multiple. Um, we go ahead and see your, their EBITDA ratio has been well above 40% consistently over the last eight years. And um, don't, don't expect that to drop severely. I went ahead and guided at 42% um, consistently from 2022 through 2026. And on the free cash flow side, as I mentioned earlier, they expect a negative margin in 2022, which puts them at negative 1.5 billion. And if they can get their uh, free cash flow margin back up to 11%, um, 14, 17, and 20 is what I have them growing at from 2023 to 2026. Historically, it has been a little bit choppy and a little inconsistent for them. So I think over 20 um, in the short term is probably a little over optimistic. I probably would agree if someone said that 11% for 2023 is maybe a little too conservative um, as it would be the lowest number in the last eight years um, outside of what they're uh, guiding for 2022. The reason why I have them at 11% is I do still think they're going to be higher CapEx relatively to what they um, have done in the past um, and a little bit higher than what they're probably going to grow at. So uh, it may not be as high as this year, but I still do think that it's, it's not going to be nearly as high as it was um, I don't think it's going to be close to 20, to be honest. So I do have that ramping up back to 20% by 2026. Again, this does play a big impact on your DCF model. So just keep that in mind. Um, here are the growth rates I have them growing at. This is what we discussed earlier. Um, and then just looking at their um, growth rates historically, they haven't grown at an you know enormous clip growing at negative, you know, here, um, and then they grew 7%, 6%, 12%, 1%, 8%, and 1% in the last eight years. So that's not uh, extremely good growth rates there. So hopefully the acceleration in growth rate is closer to the high single digits and, uh, you know, lower double digits than uh, as, they, as they are guiding to. If they do, there's going to be some upside, upside surprise here in this model that we're not really calculating in. This is more of a conservative case, and I like to keep it that way. So with all that being said, we went over some of the special considerations. That does put our um, free cash flow model at $49.14 and the EBITDA ratio or EBITDA multiple at $58.44. All right, now for my final thoughts on Intel as an investment. So as we've gone through the DCF model, the price target, and EBITDA multiple, there is an okay risk reward here. It's not super high, but the downside risk is fairly limited. Intel's trading at around 10 times price to earn, you know, price to earning multiples around 10. And that's pretty cheap for the industry that's trading at a, you know, the next competitor is really around 20. So again, they're one of the behemoths in the industry. They're having issues with innovation. They're having issues with their R&D having issues with competition growing at a faster rate than they are, where they've been basically stagnant in this next year, they're, they're anticipating lower revenue. All those things being said is Intel does have some very good guidance. Now we need to wait and see if they're going to be able to deliver on that. 
Now, again, this is not necessarily uh, analyst expectations for them. This is what they're guiding. So you could have, I would just take that with a grain of salt. You really need to keep an eye on this one, especially if you are going to invest now. I do think there is a possibility that they trade slightly lower from here. I can't see them going much lower. I think the lowest is maybe a P&E of eight um, would be like the lowest multiple from a from a price target perspective. And I think that would maybe, let's see, uh, maybe they would trade as low as around $39 or $40 this year. I think that's probably the lowest I can imagine them trading, even if we hit like a recession and we saw the market go down overall. I don't see Intel dropping uh, much more than that. However, that is that is a pretty decent chunk of change, you know, in terms of a percentage wise of a drop. So those are some things that I'm thinking. So right now I'm kind of waiting on the sidelines. I really want to see a couple quarters. I really want to see what some of the impacts are and how the market reacts as Intel is going to be reporting some negative free cash flow over the next four quarters. And I want to see the impacts of that. I think that's going to be really interesting to see how the market reacts and see if there are, you know, if a buying opportunity arises. Um, also want to see what some what some things are happening in the macro environment are happening as well. So with all that being said is right now I'm sitting on the sideline kind of waiting. I'm keeping my eye on Intel. It is an intriguing value right now. Um, for me personally, I've been watching it for several, several months now um, and I will continue to do so. If it, so if anything changes, um, substantially, I will definitely come out with a new video and I'll make these videos periodically to give my updates. So thank you so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed this video. I do videos on personal finance, investing and stock analysis for those who are returning. Thank you. My name is Frank, Frank Finance, out.